You are listening to episode 69 of the Empath Podcast. Welcome back to the Empath Podcast. I'm your host, Robin, creator of the Empath and Business Program. Today's episode is really special. It's with a good friend and Empath and Business alum, Naomi. Naomi is a tarot and oracle card reader over on YouTube at Naomi Courtney Co. And she also has a really beautiful crystal and jewelry shop. She's a mother on the quest to raise both her babies and her business from ease, flow, presence, and being really, really true to herself. In this episode, we dive into being an intentional and sensitive person in a world that can feel really loud, how to be our best and most expressed selves in the world, and letting other people validate your work when you feel or might feel a bit shaky in it yourself. At the very end of the episode, Naomi does pull a card for us for 2023, and together we come up with a couple of journaling prompts to reflect a little bit on the goals that you have and how they fit into the energetics that we'll be walking into in this coming seven year because 2023 when you reduce it is a seven. This episode is also being shared over on Naomi's podcast and so there's a bit more back and forth her asking me some questions, I'm asking her some questions and overall I feel like it has such a beautiful flow. Before we dive into the episode and I let Naomi take it away, I am going to let you know that Empaths in Business is open now for early bird enrollment. That goes until January 2nd and if you enroll as an early bird for the January round of the program then you're going to get two bonuses. One is the goals with soul workshop. So that's a 2023 goal setting workshop and you'll get complete access to it and also a really powerful morning meditation. Learning how to take control of your energy in the mornings is a key skill as a sensitive business owner and so I'm also giving that to you for free if you enroll as an early bird. If you're listening to this after doors close for early bird, general enrollment will be running January 8th through 14th. You can head to empathsinbusiness.com to read all about the program and all about what we cover and everything that we'll be working through together. All right, I'm going to let Naomi take it away. Hi, I'm Naomi. And I consider myself an empath. I'm a mother. Um, I'm a business owner. And you might have seen some of my YouTube um, pick a card readings. So these are tarot and oracle pick a card readings. I also run a an online crystal shop, um, jewelry shop. I have like little minimal pieces of jewelry on there. Working on expanding it to be more of like a online metaphysical shop of sorts fortunate and very grateful to be able to both kind of you know like raise a business start a business but also be a mother and raise some babies at the same time too so that's a little bit about me can i get you to do in in, uh yeah yeah. i didn't have an intro prepared but i'm robin i'm the creator of a couple of things one is the empath podcast 
One is my website, the blog, The Diary of an Empath, which is kind of where I started my work. I started just writing online this little blog about being an empath and what it meant to be sensitive, and it kind of blossomed into a thing of its own. So I, yeah, I consider that my origin, but from their birth also like such a desire to help other spiritual people, creative healers to come into the business world. I have a lot of Taurus in my chart, a lot of eighth house as well. So like resources is a big theme of my life and how do we share resources? How do we reserve resources? Who gets our resources? And so yeah, that's turned into my program called Empaths in Business. But I guess aside from that, when I like introduce myself, you mentioned your babies. I I don't have human babies, but I have animal babies and they they feel the same to me. So I have a bunny named Ben and I have a cat named Melly. So it's a bit about me. <laughs> so sweet. I yeah. feel like there's probably a lot of um, empaths that can relate to being like just deep animal lovers, right? Like just having that really deep. strong connection and to your own pets, but then also to like animals beyond, you know, your, your household, like very cool. Oh, for sure. Like the symbolism of animals, like when I'm going through a certain phase or like I have a question about something, it's like the animal will bring the message. Like I'll see deer on my way into town and it's like, oh, there's the deer. You know, deer is about femininity, being softer. It's also about leadership. If you see a a man, a man, (laughs) a male deer, uh crows often are very spiritual what about you like since we're on the animal theme yeah I think a lot of people can relate to this one too but butterflies I see them all the time and I think they can show up as spiritual signs in different ways for different people like for me I always see it as like you're on track like there's nothing to worry about it's like a little sense of like reassurance like yeah I have um a very similar story to yours and I'll probably ask you to share a little bit more about that because I know you have a background being a social worker and working a more traditional career path and um, I used to be a speech language pathologist so very much in that like clinical field Mm -hmm. and when I was making the change to leave that I was so scared but I would see butterflies like along my journey like little confirmations and you know, when you look into the symbolism, you're like, oh, you know, butterflies symbolize like transformation and like growth and like the growth of the soul, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So animals are so cool. So cool. When I was leaving social work, for me, the symbols were numbers. It was a lot of repeating numbers, like in my face, could not condition it away or dismiss it. It was like, no, this is so real. But butterflies, when I moved here, there was a little caterpillar starting to go into um, the cocoon but there's like a specific name for the process but he was like kind of I won't use the right terms but like a squishy mess like that is what it looked like and I was like oh no someone squished the butterfly or the caterpillar I thought someone like squished it with their foot it was on moving day but anyway we took a picture and we looked it up and it was like no it's actually like in the middle of becoming a butterfly it's just mushy right now and I'm like oh that in and of itself, because I was feeling quite mushy, like at that time, too, of like, what is my identity? Where do I fit in? Because of like the physical change. So yeah. I thought that was, yeah, super cool. If you see me drinking a lot, it's because I have a very sore throat. So, oh, oh yeah. no. Like, is it kind of like that winter sore throat or? I, I think, I don't know if you saw, but with my work lately, I'm like really coming into like a new level of expression. And so it's yes. like, Every couple of days, it just gets sore. Lots of stuff yeah. getting activated. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know about you, but like I'm a very physical person. Like if I'm doing root chakra stuff, it's like my back, my lower back, it's like so much pain. Throat has always been a thing. Um, headaches around crown chakra stuff. Do you get that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I totally like get those like physical manifestations of whatever I'm going through internally. Some of the things you mentioned, like the headaches, but I'll get a lot of like tension in the shoulders. And when I looked that up, mm -hmm. it was like, what responsibilities are you carrying that like aren't yours to carry? And I was like, oh, that is so me. So <laughs> that was so me, right? Shifting identity. But yeah. Yeah. We went on a tangent, but that was a good tangent. Symbolism and stuff is so good. Signs from the universe. But let's come into, I already know a bit of it, but like your story, how did you get from where you were? Let's go maybe speech and language to where you are now. Like what was that journey? Yeah. You know, I think so like reflecting back to when I was a child, I always felt very sensitive very different. I didn't definitely didn't have any of these like words like empath or highly sensitive person or, you know, anything like that. So I just thought something was like wrong with me. And I think I just thought that like, maybe if I pursued a very clinical, logical, practical route that I would somehow like feel more security in like this like traditional structure that society has presented to us, you know, and so mm -hmm. I've always been like, okay, I'm going to be very studious, and then I'm going to get a good job. Then I'll be able to like get the house, right? It's just like checking off all the little boxes. And so, yeah, I, I went to school to be a speech language pathologist. Some people had disabilities, like a speech disorder was like the manifestation of having that disorder, right? But then I would also work with people who maybe had more like neurotypical brains, but then would have like a speech impediment. You know, I think people are used to hearing that word. So it was like a very broad range and I loved helping people and I always felt like I wanted to be in some sort of helping profession. And I was like, okay, I, almost like the level of like wanting to be a nurse, but I'm too squeamish. So I was like, I'll do something else. Like I'll be a counselor. And so I I remember like, and I'm a, I'm, I have very like a lot of Taurus energy too. I am a Taurus son and you're a Taurus son, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in my Taurus nature in college, I was like, I looked up on like the Bureau of um, Labor Statistics and I was like, what's a very practical job that will like earn me a decent living and like that I feel like I could do. And I saw a speech pathologist on there and I was like, cool, you get to be like a speech counselor. Like, that's awesome. And when I got into it, it was something that I just didn't even expect. It was, I think the job itself, like providing therapy, cause I used to work with um, elementary school children primarily. The job itself was really fun and like really rewarding. And like, it was just amazing to, almost like help students to almost like take their power back by using their voice scientifically, right? Like mm -hmm. that was huge. And so I was like, I love this. But the job also came with a lot of other stuff. It came with highly charged emotional situations and experiences like, you know, having to give a diagnosis and say, hey, your child has a speech disorder is a really heavy thing to do. And I think that I was just working in a lot of fear. A lot of people were scared. I think parents were scared with, you know, new information and diagnoses being brought to them. Children were scared as well, right? Not feeling like good enough. And then I think a lot of the staff and the other therapists were also very scared too, because we were kind of overloaded case-wise and there can be legal ramifications if you're not meeting certain requirements. And I could just feel it and I was very overwhelmed very drained, very, very anxious. 
I would have to like wake up in the morning and like say affirmations to like stop crying like in the morning before work because I'd be like so anxious you know yeah I I relate to that of like in my job like when I was a social well even before that like jobs even as a teen like going and working at the local restaurants and stuff and I forget it all blurs but I worked at like a grocery store I worked at um Subway. I don't know. You guys have Subway, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I worked at yeah. Subway. And I remember just during the work days, like needing to go into the bathroom to just close off and be like, okay, nobody's energy touched me right now. But I didn't have the words for energy. I was just like, I'm overwhelmed or I'm feeling really anxious. And so, you know, having to yeah. like have that like actual physical barrier of the door. So when you're talking right. about that, bringing that back. And then in social work, it was similar but I was doing a lot of case management and going into people's homes and going into in a lot of ways like their trauma right a person's home very symbolic of their inner world so when you're going into these homes you're feeling it all as someone really sensitive so yeah so so I relate on that so you were in the trauma you were in the the, I would say like the drama of being in a clinical space then how did the inkling start to be like okay, maybe this isn't it. Yeah. So it was interesting. One day um, at lunch while I was working in that job as a speech therapist, my, she was my speech assistant. So she would help me like provide treatment for like the kids and all that. But she was also my friend. And one day over lunch, she was saying like, okay, we would talk about like astrology a lot. And she's like, okay, cool that like you're a Taurus, but have you ever heard of um, the Myers-Briggs personality types? I was like, no, I've never heard of this. And I took a quiz and I found out that I was an INFJ in the Myers-Briggs system. So that stands for introvert, intuitive, feeler, and having a judging function. And so I was like, hmm, it took me a little while to like understand what that all meant. But I became very fascinated with Myers-Briggs personality types. And I wanted to know what, you know, all of my friends, all of my family, all my coworkers, I wanted to know all of their personality types and it really like blew open the doors for me to realize that like we're all wired so differently we all have like a unique set of needs and like differences and I think the more that we can like honor those differences and like kind of just like work in tandem like you have a unique set of gifts I have a unique set of gifts they're different we all bring something different to the table like really helped me to kind of like develop that sort of thinking yeah I was like this is very cool but something's missing and then I learned about being an empath it was actually the progression from like learning that I was an introvert, then learning that I was a highly sensitive person. And then the, the next level was like, oh, maybe I'm an empath, actually. Like, I do feel highly sensitive, but I'm at the point where I feel like I'm absorbing people's emotions or like really taking on people's like experiences and like feeling them within my body. You know, what's funny is I actually Googled in like my podcast search. It was like empath tips or something. And your your podcast is called the empath podcast. And it was one of like the first podcast out there that really talked about being an empath, the experiences of an empath, but also talking about like how that shows up in your work, right? And what it looks like to be in business as an empath. And I was just blown away because I had never heard anybody talk about this stuff before. I always thought like being an empath, like being a sensitive, you'd have to almost like play in a supporting role in the cast of like the world, you know, at work. I never saw it as like, being able to own those differences and actually use them to be a leader or to be your own boss. You really paved the way, Robin. So thank you for that. I mean, it was pretty divine that I found your podcast. So yeah. 
a lot of people find my podcast by typing in empath. And there's been a lot of times where I've thought about like, maybe I should change the name of the podcast or like, you know, when you kind of get in those moments of identity crisis in your business of like, oh, I don't know, like maybe I'll do something different here. But I always come back to how important the name, just like simple, the empath podcast has been for people to find it and for the right people to find it. But I think I never realized for my own work, like when I first started talking about empath, at first I was like trying to understand it maybe more through that scientific lens because I was really in that world. I think about like articles I wrote, like 10 ways to know you're an empath, which are really helpful, really helpful in the beginning, right? To like have those signs and stuff. But I started to drift away from that just to be like, I'm just going to share how I'm navigating a certain situation. And just by me talking about it, because I am a sensitive person, because I do have different needs, or even like a different perspective. Like I think empaths have a very different perspective of the world. So if I can put that out there, if I can talk about, you know, whatever it is that's going on in my life at the moment, and I talk about it through my lens, I'm naturally talking about it through an empath lens. And therefore, that's helpful. Because there's times where I'm like, wait, am I still the empath podcast? I'm talking about moving houses. Or like, am I still the empath podcast? I'm talking about giving up coffee. Or am I still the empath podcast? Because I'm talking about goal setting. It's like, of course you are. Because you're talking about moving and coffee and goal setting through the empath lens, which is very different than someone. Yeah. Someone else might see it. Yeah. How did we get here though? Okay. We were talking. Oh yeah. Um, Sorry. I keep taking us off the rails. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, So you started to get these inklings. You found out Myers-Briggs, which I think is a gateway for a lot of people. I love how you talked about how it was like the start of permission of seeing that you could be different. That's step number one, right? I maybe don't fit into this linear identity of who I should be in the world. Maybe there's something else. And you start to get inquisitive. You start to ask a different question. So then you found a Myers-Briggs, you found you were sensitive, and then you found empath. Then what happened? Yeah, I think, okay, when you learn about being an empath, it sometimes comes hand in hand with learning more about spirituality, right? And so I was thinking, like, mm-hmm. I've been on such a clinical, logical path for my whole life, and I've been seeking answers from from that side of my, you know, brain, the left-sided part. And I was just like, you know what? What would happen if I started to seek insights and guidance through a more intuitive spiritual route and so that's how I got introduced to oracle cards that was first and I think I just like I love to like explore like cute little metaphysical shops so if I travel I always will google a metaphysical shop and just explore and like pick up books and decks and crystals of course I um, picked up a deck and I'm trying to think of my first deck I think it was called the native spirit oracle I don't know if you've ever heard of that one it's like a almost like a spiritual a spiritual oracle deck it's pretty open and like broad interpretation and um i think i just started collecting decks after that and i was like this is very cool but i still was very resistant towards working with the tarot because i was raised in a very um christian background i remember in college i was telling my mom that i was gonna sign up for like a i swear it was like a class on like witchcraft i mean i don't think they were teaching you like witchcraft but they were just teaching about the history and a bunch of stuff and i was like that's very cool like i'm gonna take it as a summer class and she was like don't you dare we don't do that and i was like oh you're right and so i would like would never touch the tarot cards um until one day a good friend of mine she does career advising with the tarot cards and she's like a very logical she's logical and spiritual so a good balance between the two and i was like why couldn't i use 
these, you know, tarot cards to learn more about myself, kind of tap into what's going on subconsciously for me. And I really started to see how, I guess, bridging the tarot and the oracle together created such a beautiful story and a bigger picture and kind of widened the frame. Yeah, I became obsessed with it, started learning all of the card meanings for tarot, pick up books on it, learn about the history. And, then, and it just, there's so many like layers to it, you know, there's like um, astrological associations with, with each of the cards. There's numerology in there. There's so much symbolism. It's taken many years to learn, but I, I think I, it started as using, I use it as a tool for myself to begin with. And then I think I became so passionate about it. I started asking you know, my partner and friends, if they wanted readings, reading for people I knew, that's when I was like, why, why am I not doing this on a broader scale? Like, why am I not putting myself out there? I think, right, like being an empath, sometimes it's hard to let yourself be seen. You know, I think I even get stuck in those ruts too, where maybe I've let myself be more seen in the past. And then all of a sudden, I'm feeling very energetically, like I want to just like retreat, you know, it's like the the hermit card in the tarot, you just kind of like want to go in and introspect. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there, but just, yeah, the tarot just, it became my, yeah, my newest tool and obsession. And it's been a really cool kind of companion to have. Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite questions are like, how did it go from hobby to business? Mm. How did you make that step? Yeah. You know, I think it almost like for me, because I, I was a very like skeptical person too. Before I was like, how do I know that this stuff really works? So I would go and get readings from other people. And I think it was um, one of my spiritual advisors, my past spiritual advisor, she would pull tarot cards and pull oracle cards. And when the readings started to become really spot on and like hit home in like really deep ways and kind of answered questions that were not just like, you know, the run of the mill, like, what kind of person am I going to marry in the future? Like, I'm not saying that's like, I'm not saying in like a condescending way at all. But you know, it's like, sometimes I think when we're doing it as a party trick, it's more like that or how many kids will I have? Or, you know, those kind of things. But when it started being able to like get applied to like, how can I show up better in my business? You know, that's a very broad question. You'd probably want to get more specific, but like, what else would I say? Like, you know, what's holding me back right now that I can't see um, in terms of making the next step in my business. And when I started to learn that you could use those kind of questions, I think that's when I really started to think this could be something that is used in business. I was doing um, life coaching kind of in between the speech therapy and the tarot reading. And I would always be like pulling my cards into sessions and be like, can I, can I like pull some cards for you? And they're like, oh yeah, of course, go for it. And I think I started to realize that like what I really wanted to be doing was working with the cards more and the less of that clinical side. So I love, I love how you brought in like the, the, can I do this for you? Because I, our gifts for me, like time and time and time and time and time again, with my own journey and everyone I've been working with for what, like six years now, this is a pattern that is so concrete. It's like the thing you're most like, can I do that for you? Like, I would love to do that. Can I bring my cards to your house? For me, it's always like, can I create a funnel? And like, that sounds so silly, right? But it'd be like, I just want to. I want to take all these crazy pieces, all this chaos in your brain, and I want to make it make sense for you. That's, That's the path, right? Follow those pieces. We can make it so complicated, but it's also simple. It's like, what yeah. is that thing that's exciting you? So you started to put it out there. It sounds like you started to see the value of it when you started to see, oh, I can see how this can be applied, not just to my life, but to other people's lives. When we can make that connection in our brain, that's us stepping into value. So you stepped into value. You saw there is a value here. Then what happened? Yeah. 
I think that from that point, like I would also get like comments back from people on YouTube because I do my readings on my YouTube channel. I would get these comments like, man, like, thank you like for confirming that it's something I like never spoke about with like other people. And now I'm going to like, you know, jumpstart this path like I've been wanting to take for so long. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's like, I think uh, the self-trust began to like come in after that. And it's interesting because that, you know, you don't want to like make yourself trust something that's like dependent upon external things, you know, or like what other people can say. But yeah, I think it definitely is helpful, you know. Oh, validation is like an, an amazing tool. Amazing tool. Yeah. The more I got validation of people being like, I love your blog or your podcast really spoke to me, the more I was able to see it. For some of us, worth does not come easily. Like for some of us, it was either so pushed down or even if it's just like a soul lesson you're here to learn, to, to yeah. have worth, to have that external world help you and support you in that way, I don't think we should be pushing that away. I think we should yeah. be like, ooh, yes, give me more feedback. The, the place that becomes problematic is if you want to put something out there and you don't get that external feedback, like this is a good idea. Maybe it's like your mom, or your family line right. being like, don't touch those cards. That's the opposite. That's a different conversation. That right. – you have to trust yourself. For me, a validation, the, the sense of community, people supporting me, me supporting people like that, such a building block. Yeah. Yeah. It did feel like a very like refreshing, like energy exchange, you know, the equal energy exchange. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Finding community too. That's huge. I like that you mentioned that. Oh yeah. Monumental. Yeah. Especially if you don't have that within like your personal life. And I think for a lot of healers, creatives, we are like the the odd one in our families. We are the one who, I remember this just brings me back like way back when, like maybe 2010, I was got really into meditating. And so I would go in my room, lay down and meditate. I think it was my sister. I think it was my sister. It happened a couple of times, but like coming in the door and being like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> like it was so uh -huh. odd. For me to be meditating and like it's just a reaction of like, okay, and like shutting the door, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, like that, like I was so odd in my family just to meditate, let alone like talking about anything even more spiritual. So yeah, being able to find yeah. our communities and, and online is like incredible for that. It yeah. is. Yeah. Do, do you feel like you found your community like through your podcast or do you think it was the blog mm -hmm. first? Oh, for sure. It was, it started with the blog. The mm -hmm. blog, there's still like my like life, they feel lifelong. There's like deep, deep connections. Like they're still here. They've been through every iteration of my work. They were with me when I blogged. They came to the podcast. They came in the programs. You know, they share the programs, like those people. But then in along the way, like you meet more people. But I don't know if you relate with podcasting. Podcasting can feel very like solo. Yes. Because right? you're just it behind can. the mic being like, yep. hey guys, today I was, <laughs> and it's like just yep. a screen. But what really helps is when people, it's like that validation piece when they like send a screenshot and they're like, I'm listening to you right now. They send me a picture of their dog and like, I'm here with my puppy and we just, you know, tuned into this episode. That makes it feel like a community. But like the actual yeah. act of podcasting can be quite lonely. It can. It can feel like, yeah, pretty like, I don't know like a little isolating sometimes I mean I guess I don't know have you like had um in person like interviews have you ever done those before yeah like early on 
before the last two years, everything went inside. But early on, I was doing like a couple little conferences around. I did, um, I don't know if you've ever taken my goal setting workbook workshops. I would run that live for like little women's meetups and like just fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was still in like social work hat though, because social work, I was um, a community builder. Like that was my role. I did a lot of community outreach. So I kind of was like, oh, I'll take that and I'll just like start to seed some like spiritual topics. But then, I mean, it came online. I would say everything is online for me. Um, And it's interesting because I think at first it came from a place of like, almost like being so like weathered and like shell-shocked from being such a like, like introverted and sensitive person, like in an external world that just felt so loud. So I was just like, shut everything, you know? And now that I'm completely online, I'm like, I crave those in-person conversations. And like, I find myself like trying to chat up people in the grocery store. And that was never like me. I was always like in and out, like back to the car, no matter if you're like introverted or extroverted, humans still crave connection and like human connection in person. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Online connections different. Like online, I'm connecting over the bigger thoughts of like, oh, you think like me, right. To be like, wow, we're on the same wavelength because within my in-person community, not so much. But in my in-person community, you have more of that like physical connection of like, oh, we go to the same grocery store or we, do you know, like there's a difference. There is. Yeah. I think the empath in me feels safer online than in person. I always meant to ask you, Robin, are you, do you consider yourself an introvert or do you know your your Myers-Briggs type? Ooh, I'm, was mostly INFJ. Sometimes yeah. INFP. I, I'm a Libra rising and Libras are very social. And I think as a kid, I was very introspective. <laughs> introspective. I spent a lot of time in my head and a lot of time trying to just like observe the world. And I was really curious about the world. And so I think I kind of got labeled an introvert. Like I got labeled as someone who recharges more from within, but really like, I love a good party and like, I love a good social setting. You were in EIB as like a one-to-one, but when I get to run EIB as a group, that's where I'm just like, yes, lit up. We're all together. So like there is this like social part of me that gets supercharged around people. So maybe I'm an am, was it an am? An ambivert. Yeah. 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 I also, I was reading something, it was on Instagram. It popped up and it was like, you may be an extroverted introvert if and it was like you love having like conversations with others like especially the ones that are, that are like really like meaningful and deep that connect on the soul levels and it, I think we all have introversion and extroversion like in us and I think it can waver you know and I think some of the personality type experts out there I, a lot of them like to say like no it's static like it, it stays <laughs> the same but I think when you really think about humans in general and how dynamic we are it's like how could we ever stay the same you know so yeah yeah especially I mean, I think yeah. But, oh, I cut you off. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> yes. No, that's a me thing. Like I, I try to work on that. I have that like Aries, like. Ugh. But yeah. you go ahead. <laughs> oh no! Now I'm so I'm so sorry. Now I'm like I don't know what I was even gonna say. It's like I get caught up in the shock, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, no. Not I totally have that too. Because I when I get excited, I get a little bit more verbose. So I'm like. It's hard not to interrupt. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Someone once told me a psychic and intuitive, they said like, you're meant to interrupt. Don't let that be. Like society was like, interrupting is rude. A large part of my journey has been healing that like good person mindset, Uh, right? And so like, especially in my work, if someone is saying something in traditional, this is interesting, I didn't mean to go here, but like when I was studying to be a social worker, there's two realms of social work. There's clinical <laughs> and there's um, critical. Critical, it's been a while. Critical oh, and clinical. Yeah, so there's two. And critical is more about like social justice, anti-oppression. And then clinical is more about, you can consider clinical social workers as being more like psychologists. It's where you're doing the CBT um different therapies. So I thought for a while, I was like, I I think I'm mostly meant, I have a worldview, like I have a, a worldly view. I'm an Aquarius. I'm a Saturn in Aquarius. I like to, you know, think about us all as a whole and like what that means. So that's more critical. But I'm way more, I love like, like getting to the root of like people's issues. So I'm more clinical. So I kind of like was like, oh, I don't know which one to go down. But for a while I was like, okay, I'm going to go clinical. But what scared me about clinical was like therapy. It was being taught a lot of like, you need to be a good listener and you need to like hold, you know? And I was like, but I'm actually meant to jump in there. Like I'm meant to be like, no, 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 we're not going down that path anymore. Let's stop that there so we can make some changes. You may have noticed that with me, but like, yeah. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, I but I feel like that's so valuable. That's such a valuable like skill that you have. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I just think that the way that you think is so refreshing. It's so different than like what mm. I've typically seen. Are you a generator? We talked about this before. I think you're a generator, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yes, I, yeah. yes. Right? Yeah. right. And I think it's our like thing like to respond. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It shows how. Maybe this can go into like something that we want to talk about in this episode. But when I was thinking of like, what path do I go down? And I was thinking, okay, I want to be more of a therapist. That kind of feels like a little bit good to me, but I feel like who I am and when I'm like naturally most expressed and most like my best in the world, I am that interrupter. Like I am that person. I'm People often say, like, I come in really hot. <laughs> like, you know, like I come into a room really hot or I come into a conversation really hot. And it's like, that's just who I am. So part of, like, building a business for me was to honor that, to be like, I want to do my work the way that I'm supposed to do my work, the way that feels right to me. And if I go down this path and I follow someone else's modality, someone else's therapy style, well, I'm not honoring me. And so it was quite a journey to be like, Like, what do I want to bring into this business? Like, how do I want to curate this so that it is fully me, like fully me expressed? When people ask, like, what do you do? My initial is like, I'm a course creator. You learned about the three levels of sharing. So like, right? (laughs) I'm a course creator. Oh, cool. Who do you make courses for? And you have to like assess, is this person like an A group, B group, C group type of thing? But like one of the reasons I... I wouldn't say struggle because it's more protective. It's more instinctual. But one of the reasons I don't, I keep a lot of people in that like course creator group is because so much of my work to understand it, you have to be in it. Like to get to the point of understanding empaths and business, 
well, there's a journey. <laughs> you need to understand empaths. You know, that's step one. And like most of the world doesn't get that. So yeah, for me to even create this thing called empaths in business, it took so much of a journey of just being like, okay, yep, yeah, that's for me. Okay, no, that's not for me. Okay, that's for me. Okay, that's not for me. To create this thing. And the reason I created EIB in the first place, I'm like, no one's talking about being sensitive in business. No one is talking about that, but it's huge. Like, how am I supposed to run my business when I feel my clients angry at me? How do I not drop my prices because I, I can feel their stress financially? Like, how do I navigate these things being so sensitive? And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. But how, I guess, along your journey, especially into tarot and oracle, what did you be like, no, that's not for me? And then what did you be like, oh, like I've discovered this about myself. I'm going to bring it in. Yeah, I feel like with like tarot and oracle, I think a lot of people are probably familiar with the stereotypes, right? It's like Madame Cleo with like, you know, like the certain look and the crystal ball. And I I just felt like that part of it like had turned, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say it turned me off because there definitely is like an audience and a community for that. But I think that like, I, I really felt this strong pushback to be like, I, you know, I'm a psychic medium, like, you know, use that kind of words, you know, and it's like a lot of the time when you're reading, like, it is mediumship, you are just transferring messages through. And I really had to get out of my head with that. I was afraid that like other people would be like, she's full of crap, like she's making it up, you know, like, how many times have we seen like false, false psychics or false intuitives and whole identity around that, right? Of like the Charlton or charlatan oh, or charlatan not, yeah 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 like there's that like that is a psychic frauding you right we have a term for it so like yep. heavy collectively to show up yeah and like stick your head out in but yeah keep going very similar in like when you were talking about how you were really envisioning doing things your own way and in a way that was very authentic to you i wanted to like come out as a tarot reader and be like hey like I am very spiritual and very intuitive, but at the same time, I do have a very logical side to me and I like love the science of things too. So why, why can't we bridge this together? You know, I just thought if I, if I show up online and create these YouTube videos and do tarot readings on there, it has to be in a way that's authentic to me. Otherwise I won't last. Like I'm going to burn out quick. Like I watch other tarot and Oracle pick a card readings on YouTube also. And it's hard, right. To not get caught up in that comparison trap. I think even like going through EIB really helped me kind of just like put the blinders on and like focus on like my journey and like what I'm doing and like taking like very intentional practical steps instead of being like this is what everybody else is doing and like oh my gosh like, should I be doing that and I mean you could probably attest to this when I came to you I was very much like I needed a clear sense of a better sense of direction I need to simplify things I was trying to do all of the things like always thinking like tarot cards but like the seven of cups is coming up in my mind if you kind of get lost up in all of the the dreaming about it and the imagining and you don't really make a choice and kind of move on with that like you might always be caught in that dreaming stage yeah I love how you said I always think in tarot cards like that's you that's <laughs> like so your essence right like that's yes. so yeah. beautiful yeah it's funny. Yeah, like I'll be like midway through conversation with people and then like a certain like tarot card will like pop up, like, you know, almost like a little visual. I'm like, oh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. So that's clairvoyance. That's clairvoyance. Yeah, yeah. I never even thought, yeah, never even thought of that as a way that clairvoyance was happening. And I always was like, I'm not a clairvoyant. Like I always felt clairsentient, very, you know, felt like I felt things and 
clear cognizant too. I always felt like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just know for sure. I think that the tarot cards helped to improve the clear um, voyance. Honestly, the clear voyance got a lot better because I was kind of frustrated. I was like, this doesn't work for me in the same way that it works for other people, you know? And I was just like, I don't get like, you know, it's almost, have you ever seen that? So Raven with Raven Simone. Yeah. Like years ago. Years. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, probably like maybe back in middle school or something like yeah. Disney Channel. Yeah. Connecting but, dots. I'm like, I wonder how much programming I took on about psychics. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah, she would have like these, like she would be, you know, speaking and then she'd have these moments of like just being in a vision. And I was like, is that what's supposed to happen for me? Because that's not what's happening. And maybe I'm not clairvoyant. And it's so interesting, you know, stereotypes. And then I mean, you totally are. We we entered this conversation talking about animals and seeing animals. That's clairvoyance. It's anything you see outwardly or inwardly. So if you're seeing it show up as like an actual card, you're like, I see it like a card. Interesting with my partner, first couple of days that I met him, I was at his house and I, I saw on the wall like the devil card the, the in, in the tarot. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, no, 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 like the devil. <laughs> but it's because he's a Capricorn, uh, you know? But like yeah. I knew it wasn't intimidating, but my mind went to like devil, bad, oh, no. But it was actually just being like, oh, he's Capricorn. Like as an empath, you're navigating the world through that intuitive faculty. You're seeing the yeah. butterfly. The butterfly is helping you make the decision. You're seeing – the devil card on the wall and it's helping you understand more about this person well yeah i like that you are like keyed into like the multiple meanings behind the cards because it can be very scary like i used to be like whenever like the devil card would pop up i'd be like mm, that didn't that wasn't for me and i'd like throw them back in the pile but it's like no it could represent temptation desire that raw part of you so yeah that's cool that you're able to be like he's a capricorn <laughs> <laughs> After I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, but I mean, the devil to me is very like Capricorn really represents the devil to me in a lot of ways. Capricorn being Saturn, Saturn can be a hard teacher that can feel really difficult. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about EIB, but coming in to EIB, do you remember what those frustrations were or like what the challenges were when it comes to your work, but also like your expression? And like who you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. There's so many things. I think for sure what we talked about earlier with like difficulty with allowing myself to be seen, that was really hard for me. And we talked about it in the program, too. Like I would go back and forth between like having a private account on Instagram, having it public and and just going back and forth and like really having a rough time allowing myself and especially my work to be seen. And then I think another huge thing was I was like really afraid to charge money for anything. Mm -hmm. I would do everything for free. I was like, who wants a free tarot reading? Like who wants, you know, free this and that. And I just was, I thought it was a way for me to like prove my value or my worth. Before taking the program, I almost thought like suffering was like a necessary thing I had to like go through in order to like become a business owner. Cause you know, you hear so much of that like verbiage out there. Like, you know, most businesses fail within the first, whatever, such a different a different like way of thinking about business. Like when I came into EIB, oh, boundaries, saying yes to everything, taking care of everybody else except for myself. Then I realized that it was a personal boundaries thing too, where I wouldn't say no to myself. I would overwork because I thought that mm -hmm. would show value. It's almost like I wouldn't allow myself to have the necessary time I needed to create. Like as you know, any creative or artist out there knows, like you need to have 
some nice dedicated time chunks to to create it's almost like my inner world manifested this outer reality where like everything was chaotic like I, I don't know if you remember like my dogs were in here running the show barking <laughs> like I live next door to family people coming in and out of the gate you know so I just was like very loose with like both boundaries for myself but with others as far as creating time to like actually express myself and I was becoming resentful and I was like just not in a great place so yeah have it like for today's call I was like everybody needs to be out of the house like dogs included (laughs) I feel so much more settled you know calling back your own power like I never even thought about it with my dogs and you're like no you own your space I'm like you're right yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah I mean we could go down so many paths with that but the I mean that's like such an initial step and I I don't want to say you like get it and you get it because I've gone I've like gotten it gotten good at it and then okay you know life happens and it's like I'm not doing putting myself first I'm not making time for my work and okay now I need to do it again but something that came up for you in the program and I remember it was like how important your physical space is to you being able to act on your business it's like it's not going to happen until you address this until you address the actual space that you're in the the gold's not going to come out even our first call was like all my spirit was wanting to say to you was like, clean the space, like get it organized, take other people's stuff out of there, take your speech and language stuff out of there, like claim that you are now a tarot reader, claim that with your physical space. And then I saw you the next call and I was like, Naomi has changed. She changed her space and now she's a different person in front of me. Yeah, I like literally like I wouldn't be sitting like here with like everything set up in this office if it wasn't for you. Like I remember you pulled out that card and I think it was the frog card and it was like time to declutter this whole like idea of like, yeah, it's not like you get it and then you get it. Like, again, we have a manifestation of a lot of cords like here that you can't see, you know, so it's, it's interesting. That, like I've been very busy lately, so it's interesting to see what happens to your physical space when. So. Yeah. And as an empath, you feel so much more of what's happening in your physical space, right? That's like empath 101. So making your space clear, like I used to think these things didn't matter in business. It's like, oh, business is like my spreadsheets. Are those like in order? And it's like getting my taxes in in time. Okay, did I do that? And it's like reaching profit goals. Like it was very money, money, money. And I'm Taurus. Mm -hmm. So like I do love the money conversation, but my business really grew when I started to understand it's like actually so much more than that as a sensitive person. It's like way more subjective, first of all, of like what does Robin need to show up in Robin's business? What does Naomi need to show up in Naomi's business? But space to me, like even I'm really into feng shui and I think that plays a, a huge role in business as well of like if we're working from home, which I know you do and I do. Like our homes need to be in order and our homes need to reflect. And they also reflect back to us. I was going through, through my Saturn return, we had a lot of plumbing issues. We had lived in three different spots during my return. And it was all like the sinks were always, um, no matter how much like you would turn them to like shut them off, they would still leak. And that is like, resources being drained time being drained energy being drained all of these things and now here like all it's all fixed because I've like gotten to the root of those things but if I can look at my things and be like hey this is a pattern (laughs) you know it's not it didn't just happen once it's happening even in spots that we've rented 
you know, we've had stuff happen in terms of plumbing. And so it's like, okay, see that and then apply that to your business. Where are you draining resources in your business? That's how you're an empath in business. Like that's how you can really start to thrive. It's not just the spreadsheets, although those are awesome. Just on that note, like I just thought about how your program helped me to stop, like, I guess, metaphorically throwing spaghetti at the wall with my creative ideas and like actually become very intentional with each action that I take in my business because like I felt like yeah my like resources were just drained time money energy mental capacity all that so you mentioned like in EIB or through EIB you were expanding your comfort zones I would love to hear about those like what were those growth edges that you were like no I'm going through yeah I felt so when I first came into the program I was like okay this program is going to help me just get really clear and like get really focused on like my one offering that I'm going to offer out there. And I feel like when I got into the program, it almost like encouraged me to like dream bigger, almost like I had like limited my imagination for myself in some ways, you know, I thought of a very like, okay, like what's something practical I can do to make some money. But it's like, just through all of the modules, all the lessons, it was diving into so much about learning about me what do I really love and like I'm allowed to get compensated for doing the things that I love like it was very foreign to me and I was like you know I have to go through the lessons again sometimes and be like gotta hammer that one in because yeah I was like really just blown away by this whole idea like that I could actually create the, the business of my like dreams you know like I can actually create whatever it is that I want for my life and it was more about like giving myself permission and getting really clear. I mean, I guess to, to give some like concrete examples, when I first started the program, I hadn't opened my crystal shop yet, but it was always an idea. And I thought, cool, like maybe I could um, use this program to help me like get really solidified with my, my crystal business. You know, like I kept flipping back between different things. And I just think it's really cool because I actually launched the crystal business, opened it up. Uh, I think it was July 1st. So I was already in the program. And then I, something in me was like, but more, and there's something else. Mm -hmm. And so I know we talked about, I was like, Ooh, okay, like I, I would love to create like a tarot or Oracle deck one day. And I, I think that'll still be, you know, on the radar for sure. But then what I loved was like, when you talked to me about like, okay, you're doing YouTube already. Why can't being like a monetized YouTuber be the end goal as well? You're already doing it. And I was like, wow, like just like simplifying everything and, and to just dream bigger. I don't know. Sorry. I, I, hopefully that all makes sense. But yes. yeah. You kind of make me think of like, so, like a hard question maybe I had to ask myself or like maybe it's more like a realization I came to along the way it's like why am I created this way if it's not to be of service why am I so entrepreneurial as an empath if this is not to be of service there's no other way like of course I'm supposed to be doing this why would you think in tarot cards if you're not supposed to be thinking in tarot cards like why do you have such passion if you're not supposed to be following that passion for those tarot cards, for that crystal shop. To me, I don't know if it hits you as hard as it hit me, but it's just like, I can try to fit myself in the boxes of being this type of therapist or, you know, going this route or doing that, but it's so me to do what I'm doing. Why would I have been given this if it's not to be of service? I don't know. It's almost like giving yourself permission to be yourself too, you know? Because like for so many yeah. of us, we're like, okay, like, we're just going to like push aside like what we really love to do because we want to make our parents proud or, 
we want to make sure that we look like good on paper yeah cool. yes yeah I, I wanted to say one more thing just I think not only did EIB help me create more structure and intentionality in my business but it also had this huge like healing component to it like this huge like heart healing component I mean I had kind of had an inkling that some healing would happen but I mean I was blown away the level of depth that you had us dig into and learn about ourselves kind of like learning that we have these like super unique gifts and it's time to start owning them like oh man yeah I'm not gonna start crying (laughs) that makes me so happy I kind of made this connection myself of like you're coming into business or a business program in this case but you're coming into business to heal because it's through business like me starting a business had I not I would one never be as good as I am at dealing with judgment and dealing with not fitting in to come out online and put that out there and say like, Hey, I'm, I believe in whether it's like, I believe in being an empath or I believe in Reiki or I believe in uh, stones, crystals, like you putting yourself out there and you saying that and you sharing those things, you're putting a, like a target on you in a way to be like, I'm very different or with charging. Let's talk about that. Oftentimes, we struggle so much to charge because we are so programmed, often from upbringing with with empaths, what we sensed as children, where we're so programmed to giving, 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 and being like, no, 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 I don't need anything back, to the point where we're so drained. Like, if you can't say, hey, I'm going to charge this or this or this, and you can't allow that in, if that doesn't feel safe, which, like, there's no shame there, of course that does not feel safe. Like if you were brought up in these spaces where it was not safe, where it was only safe to be the giver and you kind of create an identity around that, like I'm a giver. That's when I had to be like, I'm not a giver. I'm a business owner. What do business owners do? Well, business owners have balanced energy. They receive as much as they give. Business is the exchange of money for value, right? So you face that. Like coming into business by saying, I'm going to sell my tarot readings. And it's like, hey, I'll give me one for free. I'll give you one for free. You start to see like, one, that's not sustainable. Two, that's treating your work like a hobby. And it's worth more than that. Mm -hmm. But it also really shows you of like, right, where else might this be imbalanced? Where else might I be giving, giving, giving? (laughs) Yeah. Are you okay? That's so interesting. I don't know. When you're talking about that, I started getting really hot and then my throat, <clears throat> we must be talking about some very necessary things. All that. You, you okay? You okay? Yeah, yeah but it's weird. Okay. I was fine. <coughs> I was fine, but <coughs> weird. The dog, right? We talk about dogs being loyalty. It's like, where yeah. are you loyal? What are you loyal to that's keeping you from taking this new position on who you are? So, wow, like all the light bulbs are just like going off right now. And when you were talking about that, I was like inside of my head, like thinking about how hard it's been to learn to receive and to allow myself to receive abundance in all forms, because right, that, that whole narrative of being a giver and how um, it's, you know, you're a good human if you're a giver and not a taker, right? And it's interesting to like have felt my throat close up and get real hot and then the dog and the loyalty convert. I'm like, wow. Static too. There's static in the background. It stirs up a lot. It stirs up an entire identity shift. I think there can be so much shame of like, I don't, yeah, the shame of like, my business isn't good or I'm not good at this. And it's like, 
no, this is deep. Like this is childhood stuff. This is collective stuff. I mean, we haven't even touched the surface of like being a woman and what that means. Mm -hmm. Like we were conditioned to be provided for, right? To not be providers. Mm -hmm. We feel that. We feel that in collective. Um, Leaving EIB, how do you feel? I mean, the first word that like pops up is empowered. I feel like I can finally like take ownership of my business and I like wear it proudly and like I don't know it's weird like I think I've been having more conversations like with people about like yeah like just been at home like reading tarot and doing that kind of thing and they're like really like that's cool and I've had um actually it was a uh, an old classmate from high school we were in the same grade and we like knew of each other but I mean we weren't close or anything and she actually came up to me she was like hanging out with like a kind of a mutual friend of ours and uh she was like hey you do like um she like wasn't sure what to call it she's like "Uh, is it like fortune telling like fortune telling on youtube and i was like yeah like reading the cards and she was like yeah she's like very very interesting like it really hit home really providing like some really nice feedback out of all people i would have been like that that girl seemed like the most logical analytical like not spiritual woo woo so it's almost it was a lesson to me too don't be so quick to prejudge that like other people aren't for you or for your work because you never know, you know, just because someone presents a certain way on the outside does not mean that your work isn't resonating with them or that they don't need your help. Oh, that's such a beautiful, beautiful reminder. I really believe in this idea of like the more we show up and the more we let ourselves shine. Like we, again, we come back to like, we have these gifts for a reason. Like we have these thoughts we want to share for a reason. We have these things we want to create, these ideas for a reason and we don't, we don't know who that serves, like, at all. And so, like, the yeah. surrender piece of, like, I don't know where this is taking me, but I surrender to it. I don't know who this will serve, but I surrender to it. That's, like, a beautiful reminder of that, of you yeah. showing up. Um, hey, it's – wait, real quick, sorry to interrupt, but it's two 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 where I'm at. Have faith. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, is that what two 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 means to you, like, to have faith? Yep, I have faith. I've also learned that it means like um, keep up the good work because like the evidence of like your manifestations are coming to fruition too, like connections to your like soul connections also, right? So Ooh. yeah, I love it, and it's a two 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 year, but You're we're going right. into a two two three year. So it'll be uh, seven seven years. Is that right? Yeah. Ah. Do you want to pull a card for us? And then I will let you know if it like aligns with what I've been feeling. Okay. And then I was going to ask you, I have like two different decks. I got the, like an Oracle deck, but then I also, if you'd rather me pull tarot, I can do that too. Either one is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever okay. you felt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you and then all of our listeners here, if we can just take three mindful deep breaths. Feel free to close your eyes if you want to, but I'll lead us. So first deep breath in and release. Another deep breath in and release. Another deep breath in and release. Okay, so I'm going to draw a card. And the question is, um, well, we're pulling a card for the collective for 2023, right? of what's what's to come in the upcoming year is that kind of what we're looking at or what do you think yeah I love the idea of like a card or like a card in there for a message for what to have in mind as people are planning out their 2023 or like considering what they might want to 
to manifest okay. or make happen. For the collective, what do we need to keep in mind as we enter 2023? Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show it here on camera. I know everyone on the podcast. Maybe I can send you a picture too, Robin, then we can see. Okay, but it yeah, says yeah. leap. Let me read what's on the bottom, though. It says, you go first. The universe will catch you. I feel like it's picking up on the energy of like, there's got to be a good group of you out there that have been like feeling this call to do something, to create something, to take the leap to, you know, kind of like take the next step on something. And I don't know. I don't know if it, it, this reminds me of like the fool card in the tarot. So it's about that um, kind of like that new beginning, taking that, that leap of faith. And when you look at the fool card, he has like a little knapsack with him. And so when you look at the dude like he doesn't look prepared but actually he has everything he needs to be successful on his journey and it's just the start it's almost like this very um curious like open-minded like almost like youthful like spark of like trying something new I, I assume there's going to be many of you um taking the leap especially on spiritual business because I think it, like a seven year right it has so much to do with spirituality so a lot of yeah. people maybe stepping into their power taking that leap I don't know. It could be also like, I like to read like multiple areas of life. And so it could be taking the leap like romantically too, whether like you're in a relationship or you're single. I think that can look like two different things. Maybe it's like getting to know more people, putting yourself out there in a sense, if you're single, um, if you're in a relationship, it could be taking like the next step in your relationship, taking the leap, allowing yourself to be vulnerable with your partner, building intimacy in that way, like emotional and mental intimacy. I don't know. I feel a strong like business emphasis with this card that like love message could have been for just a, a small few of you and I think a lot of you are going to be trusting your intuition a lot more too like in this whole process because I see like the moon is huge here what do you see when you come when you see this card uh, first I'll say the way I start to feel collective energies the first or the last couple months of the year before they start to come up right I'll start to like feel it in my own life that's empath like it's starting to come up I'm like experiencing this in my life and I'm making the connection of like this is collective a big one was like, Robin, get back on track. You've been off track, come back on track. And back on track with like your spiritual service. But there's more of this like owning of our spiritual service of like, this is bigger than us. There's that element. The, the sevens are masculine. It's an odd number. And so before we even pulled the card and you were getting us to gu uh, guiding us through the breaths, you were like, I will lead. Lead in the sense of like, you're going to lead the energy. A word coming up for me a lot is like power, like remembering our power. I've seen an influx of people into my Pillars of Purpose course, which is like that spiritual service piece. That's a free course, but also into the empowered empath that I was like not expecting. So the empowered piece of like coming back, taking back your power, but it's more of like no, your power comes from knowing what's internal is going to be created external. So like get the inner right. And this year, if you think of a seven, a seven is like that spiritual quest. So it's like the energy of clearing the distractions, getting those boundaries in place so that you have time to think because it's a very intellectual number. It's the ideas we're having this year that we take the lead on. It's a masculine year in the sense of like, we have to be the one acting on these things, but we're not forcing ourselves into the world. We're taking time for solitude. I don't know if you're feeling that, but just like, yeah. gosh, I need to like 
unbusy my life so that I can hear myself. It's like that kind of energy. And when we're in that space, when we can hear ourselves, like that's when we're going to get the good ideas. They're going to, we're going to be receptive to them. That's when we're going to take action. So like a lot of like, can you spend time with yourself? And I think it's interesting in the card, she seems to be, there's like two people there or is that her shadow? Yeah, I just noticed like the second person and I was like, is that her shadow or is that another person? Because I see it in two ways, like kind of, <laughs> excuse me, leaving that like shadow side of, or almost like owning that shadow side of yourself and then allowing that to like, feel, like catalyst you into like a new direction. But Ooh, I also yeah. saw it as like leading others too, like somebody who might be like a step behind in the journey, you know? What do you I see love, it as? I love the shadow piece. I see it of her going out on her own. We've been so collective focused the last few years. It's kind of the opposite now. It's like, okay, we've group thunk our way through the last years. Yeah. What's it mean to have your own ideas? That yes. like stirs something up in me. This shadow piece is also like in a seven year. A seven year is very reflective. It's very introspective. But there's this element of like, you don't always like what you see you're not always finding like the best parts of yourself like in the last month I've had so many aha moments of like how in a way addicted I've gotten to television I shared about this on my podcast but like watching YouTube like vloggers as a way to escape my own life and so having that realization and being like it's on me to change so like there's going to be a lot of that of like oh I can't believe I've been doing that this way we're having these realizations to be able to to like take different actions. No, I totally see yeah. that. As you're saying that, like I'm looking back at the card and I don't know if you can see her hands. I'm going to bring it up closer, but it's almost like she's like mm. dropping light, like seeding light. Mm. Like just thinking mm-hmm. like, whoa, like it just made me think of like, like how like light workers, right? Like seed like new levels of consciousness and like kind of illuminate people to their own like truth. And like, hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I really feel mm-hmm. like next year people are going to be like, start doing this my way and it's like there's nothing wrong with that at all so yeah yeah cool okay so the biggest one is like I will lead where's like your spirit asking you to lead is it in like how you formulate your offers like are you meant to be doing that different are you being asked to like lead in your relationships I don't know what comes up for you around that like would you want to add to that question yeah I mean I see almost like almost like snapping out of this like programming, you know, or like conditioning. Like, oh, yeah, like like you said, like, I can't believe I've been doing it this way. Yeah, it's you're going, you're going, you're going. And then there it is. There's the insight. That's the insight you take action on. For me in my own journal, it's been a lot of like the more space you you create for yourself, the more you're going to be getting these ideas. And like when the ideas drop, act on them. How maybe another question for people is like, how comfortable are you acting on the ideas that you have right wow I like that question I don't even think I've ever had anyone pose that question to me before that's yeah the ideas that come to you in solitude like the ideas not the ideas that receded from other people not the ideas coming from collective the ones that drop in your mind when you're out shoveling the snow or like you're in meditation or you're having a shower those ideas how comfortable are you following them I think it's going to be a year of that. We're going to face the ways we're not comfortable, but we're also going to see us like taking the lead in a lot of ways. Was there anything else? Any closing thoughts? Where can people find you? 
closing thoughts, I just I just want to say thank you to you and thank you to everybody here, both your listeners and the listeners on my show too. I just feel like having community is huge. And so I don't know, there's probably like no way I can express like how really how grateful I am to have, uh, you know, a community and like other people who are like me at a soul level, you know, it, it feels it feels huge after feeling different for so long, right? Such such a thing that empaths can relate to. So there's that yeah. gratitude for the community. And then people can find me at Naomi Courtney Co. Pretty much on all platforms. And I think on Instagram, it would be Naomi Courtney Co. But on YouTube would be the main place that you can find me. I'm on there the most. So my channel is called Naomi Courtney Co. It's easiest if you just type it into like the search, you know, the search bar. But otherwise, youtube.com backslash at Naomi Courtney Co. Um, I also have my website, Naomi Courtney Coaching.com. There's links to my crystal shop on there. Also, modernmusecrystals.com is my crystal and jewelry shop online. Yeah. Um, thank you. And what yeah. about you, Robin? Where can people find you? I just want to make sure all of my listeners find you as yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. So where am I mostly? I say like my hub is the diary of an empath.com. From there, you can find me on the podcast. So the empathpodcast.com or just the empath podcast, wherever you like to listen. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I had a VA who like put me into all the streaming services. So I'm sure if you're like in CastBox or any of those, you'll find me. Um, I'm also, if you're interested in empaths and business, which is empathsandbusiness.com. I always refer people though to the Diary of an Empath. You can find a lot of the courses that I've mentioned or um, podcasts is there. So it's a great place to go. The Empath, the, not the Empath, the Diary of an Empath.com. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about Naomi, definitely follow some of those links that she mentioned. I'll have the key ones in the show notes as well. Also, don't forget Empaths in Business is starting again January 15th. Early bird enrollment is on now, so now until January 2nd at midnight EST. When you enroll as an early bird, you get access to the 2023 Goals with Soul workshop, as well as a really powerful morning meditation. If you're listening to this after the fact and you've missed early bird enrollment, don't worry. General enrollment will be happening January 8th through 14th. You can learn all about the program at empathsinbusiness.com. And with that, I hope you have the most beautiful day. I hope you have the most beautiful new year and we will talk soon.